Welcome back to the Red Letter Disciple. I'm Zach Zinder, a host, and I'm bringing my friend and co-host Chris Johnson in just a couple minutes. We've got a great conversation today with Tanner Olson. The goal of this podcast, the mission is to challenge you wherever you are, no matter who you are, to be a greater disciple of Jesus, believing that when we are the greatest disciples that we can possibly be in this world, by the grace of God, of course, but we believe when we give a great and full and true expression of who Jesus is, the world is going to change. And so uh, today's episode is going to help us with that. Tanner Olson is a, a spoken word artist, a poet, an author, a speaker. He brings and announces the hope and love of Jesus in all that he does. And, and so it's going to be a great conversation. If you are someone that that is feeling called to, or maybe already is creating content and looking for like, what are the rhythms of creating content? And and how do I form a a business out of creating content and and, and really grow my influence and platform? Tanner's going to really dive into some of those things for us. He's even going to read a couple of his spoken word pieces that are truly amazing. So I'm excited to have him on the show today. Today's episode is sponsored by Red Letter Living, and we create resources that challenge disciples and also challenge, I think, churches and pastors and church leaders as well, so that all of us can be greater disciples. And so every pastor and church leader that I've ever met, they want to grow their church and they want to be wise stewards of their finances. Leading a church, especially in a post-COVID context, it is complex, but it leaves us, I really believe, with an amazing and incredible opportunity to reach a mission field that has never been as large as it is right now in America. So pastors, I've got a free gift for you. It's called Growing Your Church Challenge. 10 ideas to grow your church that cost you little to nothing. These 10 ideas, they're going to be extremely practical, not vague ideas like preach better and be kinder. I assume you already are crushing those things. So in the show notes at redletterpodcast.com, you're going to see the link to download this free ebook, this free resource, and the coupon code to make sure that you get it for free. If you're not a pastor, hey, can you share this link with your pastor? Say, hey, I just saw a resource that 10 ideas that, that is going to help you grow your church that costs you little or nothing. Doesn't that sound great? And so here's my hope and my goal that through this resource, maybe one, two, three, four, five of these ideas help you grow your church because I want to grow your church. Let's grow our churches for the glory of Jesus's name. So, hey, today's episode is going to be really fun. Make sure that if it's helpful for you, you tell a friend, you share it on social media and also rate and review. Please, 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 if you like it, give us five-star reviews and, and spread the word so we can keep coming back with more seasons of the Red Letter Disciple. So without further ado, episode five of season three with Tanner Olson. Let's do this. All right, Red Letter Disciple, we have... Uh, there's just great, one of them? Well, that's the name of the show, Red oh, Letter Disciple. Oh, I got you. All right, I thought... So what's up, Disciples? All right, we got a great episode for you today. We're bringing into the show Tanner Olson. Tanner is an author, a speaker, and a poet. He started a creative writing project called Written to Speak in 2013 with a goal, I love this, Chris, mm. to spread hope and announce love through spoken word and poetry. Mm. And so Tanner's writing has been described as unique because it blends faith, humor, and curiosity as he seeks to point readers and listeners toward the ultimate source of hope and love. And that is Jesus. And that's why we're here to, to bring Jesus out. And so Tanner, welcome to Red Letter Disciple. Welcome. It's good to have you. Tanner, I have an opening question for you, my friend. Uh, you are an NBA fan. I am also from the Orlando area. Uh, what's it going to take for the Orlando Magic to not 
completely stink at this point. Uh, we've gone well, through years of misery. Go ahead. First of all, we do not stink right now. We're a very good young team with a mm-hmm. lot of potential. You say we are. You an Orlando fan? Yes. Oh, He's a Magic oh. fan. I am my, quite possible. I don't want to say I'm the biggest Orlando Magic okay. fan, but uh-huh. I am. I am one of the few faithful who watch. I have watched games with players you will never hear of because that's mm-hmm. who we had on our team. <laughs> like the the through the drought, through the misery. Like I was there cheering these people on. Uh, but I think we're in a really good spot. Uh, we have a couple of small moves that we need to make right now. It's about patience, and then it's about executing a big move to bring in a veteran scorer. Like, yeah. So that's like the next thing. So who, uh, well, right who now we're in a good spot in the NBA. Right now, you can make a trade. Who would you trade for to automatic? Like right now, we're the 13th seed in, in the Eastern Conference. Who are you trading for to make an immediate impact? If you could, if you're you're the GM now, go ahead. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing it right now. I'm waiting until the off season. Okay. I'm waiting okay. until the off season. I'm waiting to see where we land, how the rest the of the lottery. team plays out. This, yeah, and it's also seeing like, okay, how do Franz and Paulo and Wendell Carter Jr. and Fultz all kind of mix together? We yeah. haven't gotten Isaac back, but he's about to come back, and so it's it, it's it's looking ahead on, and trying to be patient because one of the things that Orlando has been bad about, uh, yeah. and this is old management, but like we're just gonna. Uh, we're going to try this. We're going to try to make this move and do this too fast and bring this player in. And that just isn't how it's supposed to be. Plus right. there's a really good draft coming up and it's okay if we kind of slow down right yeah, now. You yeah. want, you want Victor Webin. Yeah. Nah. Webin, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. I also, he's I also am really four. impressed by he's seven four pointers. He's amazing. Yeah, that's he's, what I am. He's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's wild. Uh, We can talk about basketball the whole time if you guys. Well, we well we have a lot of the leadership of the Orlando Magic that are listeners. Um, Like, well, that's great. One of them. I don't know that we have one of them. Actually, (laughs) I was like, Uh, we do. We do. So, fun fact: I am a Cleveland Cavaliers lifelong fan, and I have only left the Cavaliers as my allegiance and first love one time when LeBron in the history of all of my life, and it was when Anthony Penny Hardaway was on the Orlando Magic. He was my favorite as a child. Penny. And so I was on. a huge Magic fan. Those I've years. got a I've got a, a Penny poster right over here. Nice. So. And, and little Penny yeah. was amazing. Little and Penny. I, I remember, oh, man, everything was looking good. And then Nick Anderson missed four free throws. But we're going to move on. <laughs> we're going to move on. <laughs> nope. uh, we have to now. Yeah, if you exactly. had to pick uh, author, speaker, spoken word artist, poet, mm. just to be known by one, what which one is it for you? You know, I'm I'm cool with with author. I think that's that's the one that I'd roll with um, because a lot of the things that I do write are, is also poetry, and a lot of the the poems that I write were written to be spoken. So if I'm an author, then I can just share those things as well. It's good. Mm. So who uh, like whoever told you? I'm curious that the best career path for you would be <laughs> to write poems. Is that like no one? <laughs> There has been nobody who's well, I'll say this. Nobody was like, hey, this is a good career move. But people did say, (laughs) hey, you're good at this. And I thought, "Okay, well, let's just keep let's just keep doing it. Let's see where this this all takes me. I I, but I was never one of those people like growing up. I wanted to be in the NBA. And then when you grow to be five foot 11 with a great jump shot doesn't really mean too much, especially with bad knees. So I, I, I was I was always interested in basketball, but I was also interested in art and ministry, mostly like. Uh, I love punk rock music. And so the lyrics of like punk rock music really resonated with how I felt as a middle schooler and a high schooler and a college student and a human today, like the sad lyrics, but also like the, 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 like the woven bit of hope that kind of ran through it all. Uh, And then the community of the punk rock scene. And so after I graduated from high school and was in college, I, I found myself 
writing more and I wanted to be a musician, but I can't sing and you don't want me to sing. <laughs> And I can't play guitar and you don't want me to try to play guitar. And so really like poetry was the last thing available. And I just started running with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how would you, um, I, I work with youth, um, Mm -hmm. been doing that for a long time and teach a few classes at our, uh, Lutheran school, but, um, we have some really good writers and some of them that want to pursue that career. What would you say to a 16? Like, what would you say to yourself now, knowing what you know, to an up and coming 16, 17 year old kid that wants to pursue this? It's what I would say to anybody who wants to, to be a writer. And that's just, it's, it's just to keep writing, um, and then also keep reading and then repeat. So it's a lot of reading. It's a lot of writing and it's just a lot of of trying. And I think we all, we know this in, in any kind of context that we work in, but it's all about like finding in writing, we say it's finding your voice. And so in other, you know, positions or, or places you work, might just be like finding, finding your sweet spot or finding yourself in that role. And so as a writer, it's just like finding your voice and it takes, it takes years. I mean, it took me seven, about six or seven years to finally be like, Oh, this is how I write. And this is what I want to write about. It's not this like overnight sweet success kind of thing. It is these small faithful steps forward that often feel like you're walking the wrong direction. That's interesting. Like I remember when I started preaching and I would try to mimic the people who I respected the most. And Mm -hmm. then I realized about a year into it, that's not me. Like I'm just trying to uh, act like somebody else. So, uh, did you do that when you started? Like, were you mimicking and then you found your own voice and you're like, okay, now I feel comfortable with this? I was wondering why you use like illustrations from my life. I still do. And that yeah. was crazy how you, anyway, go ahead, answer. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that's, I think that's how you figure it out. Like, I remember doing that with basketball. Like, I would watch videos of, of Penny Hardaway, I would watch videos of Steve Nash and Kobe, and I, and I would try to do what they did on the court. And let's be honest, it didn't go well, but I would, I would try to be <laughs> like them. I would learn from them and then try to implement it. And then I did the same thing with poetry. So I found these, these poets and, and I would like uh, a guy by the name of like uh, Anise Mojgani and Levi McAllister and uh, Amina Brown. Like I would watch their, their videos and, and, and kind of study what they wrote. And then I would essentially copy that with my own spin on it. And that, that basically just like taught me how to write. And I've, mm. I've, abandon that like i don't write like them anymore i'm not compared to them anymore and it's just like oh that's how i write now but i couldn't i couldn't just start i yeah. needed to see it in order to believe that i could do it and then begin to live that out that's great man and i can really relate to that even as a person that never planned to write but now like that's mm-hmm. a lot of what i do uh, for uh, red letter living is writing, whether it's blogs yeah. or books or, and it, it's, it's funny. It, like, I, cause I feel really confident in who I am as a oral communicator, but as a writer, like I, I never was in school and I never had a professor or teacher be like, you're really gifted at this. And so I've had <laughs> yeah. to grow in my identity and also find my niche. And, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like it wasn't till the third book uh, that I yeah like that I owned for giving Ch- which was forgiving challenge for me that that's where I was like I, I actually kind of like who I'm becoming as a writer um, but mm-hmm. it, it was an identity shift and something I wasn't completely comfortable with was that how much of that was a part of your journey? Well, like I said, I think it was like the first six years. So I started 
putting things out on the internet in like 2013 and I wanted to quit in about 2017, but I gave it like one more, the one more good college try. And that's when I kind of fell back in love with it where I was like, I know I'm not trying to be somebody else. I'm just trying to be myself and to try to communicate something honest and true and something that I probably need to hear. Um, and it's, it's it just, it, it takes a little while and it takes a lot of, a lot of steps back and it, it takes a lot of surrendering too. Yeah. to just be like, yeah, I'm just going to do it the only way that I know how to do it. Uh, but I would say the same thing. Like I, it took me a long time to get to where I, I wanted to be when I first began. That's good. So I got a question about the writing rhythm. We're going to talk about that a little bit, but I want to go to your book, continue um, okay. Poems and prayers of hope by Tanner Olson. And that's who we're speaking to today. Uh, I, I've always had a question for a poet's, um, like, how do you know when it's a poem is done? And, and, and let me just ask you that because yeah, here's one and it's really poignant and it's beautiful, uh, but it's like, it's called a little closer, lean in a little closer to hear his love spoken straight into the fear. And I didn't, I butchered that probably by the reading, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, I'm Tanner's not, like, can I read my, yeah, 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 I don't yeah, need you, you Chris, read yeah, it. Yeah. It was, it's it, it. like it. reading a thesis at this point. I get that. But like, and, and I noticed on a lot of your poems, like you'll incorporate, um, scripture with that. Right. So you yeah. said the first John four eighteen. there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear for fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So the question then is when your, um, writing rhythms and when it comes to starting one of these, does a lot of the time that the poems come out of your scripture readings and then you're like, Oh, I, I, or how walk us through that process. Yeah, well, to go back to the one of the first questions, I don't know, I don't know if I've ever finished a poem. They've gotten oh. to a place where they're where they're this is it, this yeah. is what I have. Uh -huh. But I wouldn't say like it, it is the way that I want it to be. There are maybe a handful of them that I have completed, and I'm like, all right, I like that one a lot. <laughs> like it's yeah. good, it's great. There, but most of them are like. I think this is it. Like, this is just how it has to end. And I have to move on to the next thing or else I'll be writing the same poem my entire life and right. never put anything out there. Um, and I think a lot of writers and creatives kind of can connect with that because it's like, you know, you can be working on a painting, a painting for years mm. and you're going to make these small changes again and again and again. But just at some point, you just got to send it out and say, it's done. Let's hang it on the wall and admire it and let other people enjoy it as well. Um, and then when it comes to the writing, a, a lot of it is, uh, I mean, I, I grew up in the church. I worked in the church. Uh, and so I, the scripture is, you know, it's in us, like we know it. And I, so when I write, I am taking the things that I know that I believe that I have heard and I am putting it down on paper. And there are times where it is, it comes strictly because I read, oh, I read Psalm 33 and I'm writing about how good God is, or, you know, we're, we're walking through the Beatitudes and I want to write about that. Um, and other times it's, this is just what I bring to the piece of paper and then I look at it and I'm like, oh, so that's Romans chapter eight. All yeah. right. Pretty cool. You know, so it's it's sometimes it's a writing prompt and other times it's a reflection. So talk to me about your I, 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 I'm a content creator. We have a lot of other creatives um, that are listening as well. So I, and I love to just press in to hear a little bit more like what is your writing rhythms? What are your your disciplines or your habits that you put into practice? Uh, I wish I could tell you that I have a really great writing rhythm and habit, but um I do a lot of different things with my job. I wear 
every single hat that you can imagine. It is, I am, you know, I probably write about 10% of the time. The other time it's, it's emails, it's booking events, it's preparing for events, it's shipping out orders, it's scheduling social media stuff, it's calling people, it's doing the taxes, it's doing all the things. And eventually, sometimes, some days I actually get to write. Hmm. And when I do get to write, it is, I, usually it's for me, it's about 7 to 11 in the morning. Like that's my sweet spot. I have one tab open, a Google Doc tab, and I am just writing about whatever I want to write about. Uh, and some days that's a poem. Other days it's a story. Other days I'm, you know, editing a book that I'm working on or something like that. But, it, you know, my, my writing rhythm is I have to make space and clear, clear time so that I can make it happen. Uh, it is, I mean, it is, it's difficult. Uh, and the, the, the bigger things get, uh, it, the, the more difficult it is to create space in order to just do the thing that I really want to do, which is write. Um, and, and writing almost pays the bills, but it doesn't completely. So you have to do, you know, 19 other things in order to right. make it happen. Sure. Yeah. I can relate to a lot of that, man. Uh, and, and yeah. what I do. And, uh, you know, I think that, you, you asked earlier, like, what would you tell writers? And I think you said, it's, just do it. You have to keep doing it. Like it, it's, it's mm -hmm. uh, write, read, write, read. And, and that's the deal. It's, it's mm -hmm. gritting it out. I heard Seinfeld. I, I love, you know, him and, and he's got this don't break, break the chain rule where at least every day he wants to write down one joke. Um, and usually when yeah. he's there, he writes more, but don't yeah. break the chain, stay in that creative, uh, creative space. And, and, and for me, uh, you know, what, what, in, in, as I found my niche, like when I'm in writing season, cause there's seasons for me. Cause yeah, like you said, right. I do 10 other things and, and I, I feel mm -hmm. that. And so, but when it's like, yeah, it's a season I need to write, uh, for me, it's, yeah, I have a goal to write. Uh, usually a devotion for me is about a thousand words. And so if I put a thousand words on paper, I feel really good about that. And some days, um, flows super easy. takes a half hour. Other days it takes four hours and I don't love it at the end, <laughs> you know? So it's, so what's the yeah. option? And, and cause there's different styles of writing and, and we each have our mm -hmm. niche. Yours is more in the spoken word, poem, story, not like the chapter books sort of thing. Right. But what's a win for the day for you and a loss for the day when it comes to writing, when you're in that writing season or zone? I, I think, um, when I write something that I can then copy and paste and put into a document for a future book. Like that's like, that's a win. So I have a couple of different books that I'm working on. And, and so when I'm writing and I, and I finish a poem where it gets to a place where I'm like, all right, I think this is it. When I put that into another document of a future book, that's when I get excited. And then I can kind of see like what's already been written in like, you know, the, the needle has been moved. We are getting closer to a next a next launch. We are getting closer to to sharing something new with whoever follows my work. Um, and so it's yeah, it's there's there's a lot of good wins. But also like I you know I don't want to have a day where I'm like you know it was it was a loss uh, because I still you know I still get to do this. Like this is a this is a dream job. Uh, and so like, I do have, you know, I have, I have my bad days, but at the end of it, I'm just excited that this is, this is my job and I get to keep doing this, yeah. um, for a little bit longer. It's cool. So spoken word versus poetry. And I don't even know if it's versus poetry, like what's different about spoken word and, and poetry. And, and the question, the reason that he's asking this question is because he wants to become direct competition. Jack really <laughs> wants to kind of jump you into this. You were supposed to say that. Man. Oh, can we cut that? Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't wish that on you. Uh, but <laughs> don't do it, man. Get out while you can. You know, I so I I, I stumbled into this whole like yeah. poetry thing. Um, it's it's funny. You know, like you go to you go to school to become a pastor. You go to school to become a lawyer. 
Uh, you go to school to become a doctor. You can, but you can just become a poet. Like no one has to like give you. You can just start, and you are one. You know. And so for me, like that, that's how it was. Like I just started writing and writing and writing. And what came out was uh, was something I called written to speak. And so the things that I write, I I wrote to to speak them and to share them out loud. So that's like the spoken word poetry side of of everything. So those those poems, uh, they kind of tell a story, or there's a narrative, or um, it it may not make as much sense when you read it, but it'll make more sense when I read it too you or when you hear me hear me share it whereas like a poem on itself is just like you can sit with that piece of paper for a while um like one of my favorite poets uh mary oliver like i can just sit and read through her stuff and i think i would much rather read it than have somebody read it to me um Mm. whereas i think with spoken word it might be you might be reading it and be like i don't see where this is going but you kind of need to have it. You need to hear it. You need to hear how the author or the writer of the work delivers it, where they pause, where their where their voice changes, um, you know, their mannerisms when sharing the poem. So it's more of that like performance versus just paper. And so you said uh, that uh, Tanner, you grew up in the church, and 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 recently um, you've been. Well, not recently, but you do live events where you'll go out and and do this, yeah. um, and you, we'll talk about those more later. But how has the reaction been? Because it's fairly a new art form within the church, you know, and and people are are bringing you into their church, and you've been doing some of this. How has the reaction been when you go? Uh, it's good. It's it's it's. I'll tell you a story. So yeah, the please. the first one of the first tours that I did, uh, I did it throughout the the state of Texas or the country of Texas. And after we did about five shows, I, I went with a musician, my friend Matt Daring, and so he would play music, and then I would do about forty five minutes of poetry. And after every show, people came up to us and said, "Oh, that was so good. I wish I had invited more people." And so it's like, okay, well, there's something here. Like it's, it's not, cause it's not just, it's not, just, you know, when you hear like, oh, there's a poet, you think like everyone thinks something different, but nobody's like, yeah. that's going to be amazing. That's going to be exciting. <laughs> but like, like it, it, I know, like I'm working from behind. Like I, I understand like poetry is not the most exciting thing. Um, I think that poetry has a, has a beautiful place in the church. It's not a sermon. It's not a song. It fits uh-huh. somewhere right in between. And it also depends on who the poet is and what they're delivering. Because some people might hear poetry and think that someone's just going to yell at them about like, you know, the murder of kittens. Like that's right, just, right. that's not what I'm going to do. Like yeah. I'm going to tell you stories. I'm going to make you laugh and I'm going to invite you to keep, uh, to keep hope close. Like that's what it's all about. Um, and so the, the events that we get to do, so I, I do do events by myself. And then I've done events with uh, my friend, Matt Daring and my friend, Blake Flatley, who are both musicians. And so it's a night of, of music and poetry and storytelling. And, and really it's just a night of rest and a night of hope. And it's different than sitting on the couch watching Netflix, which I'm a big fan of, but like not every night you need to do that. Sure. And it's a night where you just get to just kind of be and experience something different. Um, I love that. I I love that. um, The reaction is, I I mean, talking about playing from behind, not only are you playing from behind with the preconception or the notion of what a poet is, but you didn't go to the easiest audience in the whole world when you started in oh. Texas as well. Like, hey, we have a lot no. of people. I, I love Chris. Texas. What are you, I mean, Austin, come on. Austin is a fantastic town. I'm just saying, like, I just see a bunch of guys in cowboy hats coming up. <laughs> what, this guy's, what do we got here, a poet? You know? Okay, so I did a show in Houston. 
Um, and there was a guy, this big, burly Texas mm-hmm. oil exactly. rancher human. Yes. And he's sitting in the back like this the whole time. <laughs> the whole he's time. got his arms And I thought, I thought, this man's going to kill me. Like yeah. after the end of the show, like exactly. he's going to kill me. He sits there. I, I do book signing afterwards, sell some merch, talk to his people. He's still sitting there. He's the last person. He walks up to me and just starts crying. Oh, and being wow. Like, that, you have no idea that I needed to hear that tonight. Like, thank you. And like, that wow. was it. And I was like, all right, I'll keep doing this. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, cause like poetry is for everybody, but not everybody knows that poetry is for them. Sure. Right. And so like, and it just, it, it depends on where you're at. So, you know, I, I think a lot of, a lot of my work um, has been teaching people that poetry is not scary or mm-hmm. over emotional or that it's just for things of, of people who feel too much, even though it is uh, like, it is, it is for everyone. Um, and it's also something for them to to write and explore as well. That's awesome, man. I think as uh, you know, a poet, I, th- I think pastors and church leaders kind of feel that sometimes too, or worship leaders, uh, especially in mm-hmm. denominations of churches where it's like the music's powerful, the worship's strong, and and yet people are just you know with their arms crossed, they look angry, <laughs> and afterwards yep. they come up and they say, "Wow, that was so moving today." I thought you I wanted do. to kill me. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. really? Yeah. Like you should like show tell the your your body and your mind yeah. <laughs> that yeah. you know you should react a little different and look positive yeah and feeling, like to maybe let me in that, like yeah. actually this is working and go some, and, some non-verbal yeah. cues please anyway. just like a, a little thumbs up would be good right. just every now and again can like, you imagine like yeah. halfway through your poem and like the big rancher gives you the thumbs up in the middle <laughs> that'd be great <laughs> i would appreciate that i'd be like all right we can keep doing this uh, uh yeah great. So, man, what I love about Written to Speak, it's got a mission, you, you said, to spread hope and announce love. So so yeah. why is that you feel like the mission that that you need to be on right now? I, I just think it's a, for me, that's that's my response to the open tomb. You know, like, I that's just what I know how to do, I think, is, is to write and to, to spread hope and to announce love. Like, I have seen what Jesus has done. And this is my reaction to it. This is me living out my faith. Um, and that's through writing and storytelling and, and giving something that I have learned and gone through to the people who are are, are willing to, to read and to listen. Um, and also, I think if we look at the news or just outside, we know that the world needs a little bit of hope. Uh-huh. And I think a lot of people know that hope is real and that it exists, but I think they also need that reminder. And I think a lot of, you know, the, the work of, of, of ministers and, and preachers and teachers and people who follow Jesus is to remind people that that good is on the way um, and that, that we are loved, that we are cared for, that we are forgiven, and that this is not the end. Um, and that everything is going to be okay. It may not, maybe not right now, but everything is eventually going to be okay. And so, um, I, I don't, I don't see that as like my job, uh, but it's just the thing that I get to do or the thing that I believe that God has invited me to do. I feel like that's a, a continual theme on a lot of our episodes that that's coming up too, is just like the reminder as disciples that are listening, like that we have good news. There's hope. I know the world's tough and it's challenging, but in the end, like we have the answer and we walk in uh, as your poster in the back says, a little slower, but also with mm-hmm. confidence and a, mm-hmm. a certain amount of joy uh, and hope because we have the open tomb. We're, we're on this side of the resurrection. I think sometimes we yeah. get that. Like this is, I feel like this is the better side of the re- resurrection to be on. Like it's already happened. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we know, and we know we can trust everything he said. We know he's coming back. And yet, and so that's what I, I think is so, so great that that spreading of hope and announcing love and the good news 
piece is missing so much in a lot of the media that we consume or the social media we're, we're on. And man, it appears like it's it's really working. Like obviously your your, your live events are amazing. I know that many have been touched by your written material in the books. Uh, your Instagram, man, your following's over a hundred thousand. So like we have a lot of people that are listening here that they want to grow their influence and their following. Uh, and, and I think a lot of them. Uh, for the right reasons, for the cause and, and for you too, like the cause and the name and the fame of Christ. And so what are some keys to like maximizing or growing our, 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 our following so that we can get the news out about Christ? Uh, yeah, I, I would say uh, a couple of things. So forgive me for rambling, but I might have to. Uh, first of all, you just got to let go of control because you don't have any control over who follows you and who doesn't follow you. Like people are going to find you and they're going to leave you day in and day out, your numbers are going to go up, they're going to go down. So there's no really use in, in looking at them. Uh, you, you just don't have any control over that. Uh, you do have control over being consistent with what you create and, and posting it and being your authentic self. Um, and uh, yeah, it's the internet is a game and we're all losing. So like, you go into that, that mindset, like, that's how it is. I mean, it is, it is. So if you, but if you, but you can use it for good, right? And so if you use your, your, your platform or the people who follow you for good, do that. And also I would say create and write for the people who follow you, not for the ones who don't mm. like, it is not helpful to try to chase people who don't even know that you exist. However, you can give something good to the people who want to hear from you. And so I made a big shift and I've stopped, I stopped trying to get the people who are following this person and following that person and just started writing for the people who showed up to my work every day. And I asked them, what do they need to hear? Uh, I asked about their stories and I began to write out of that place. Um, and so that's, that's a big shift for me, but I mean, you don't have control over it. Like I didn't have, like, I'm thankful that I have that many followers, but honestly it was one post that blew up. And I'm sure half the people who follow me don't even know that they follow me. Um, like truth be told, like it's better to have a very small audience with a lot of faithful followers who like want to hear from you and engage with you than having a hundred thousand followers who don't even know you exist. And so that's kind of the space that I live in It's like, I have a lot of followers, but I don't, I don't think a lot of them are seeing what I post and what I share because of the way that the internet is set up. And so I'm not writing for the people who are out there. I'm writing for the people who I know see my work, you know? So, yeah. and we have a does lot that of, make sense? Yeah, totally. So what I heard there is uh, consistency, uh, creating yeah. content uh, to, uh, that, that does good, and also mm -hmm. creating that content that is for the people that you, that, that you know you're reaching. And so if it's helpful for them, they'll spread the word. Uh, I'm curious, yeah. Tanner, because I, I, I think... That, that's a piece like of what we're doing even here with the red letter disciple is I spend, we, we have some products at red letter living and like, that's, mm -hmm. that, that's what fuels the opportunity for us to do things like this. But I feel like right. at least half of my time, if not more is going towards just free stuff, <laughs> just content that's helpful. Um, and it's not that mm -hmm. any less um, quality or passion or heart goes into it. But it, do, do you find that from where you are that, yeah, you have some books, you have some stuff if people want to. But but man, a lot of it's just staying on people's radar and providing helpful content throughout the week on whatever channels or format that is. Is that yeah. is that a piece of what you do too? You, you give a lot of yourself away. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's a healthy thing or an unhealthy thing. Uh, I haven't determined that yet. Uh, I think I'm I'm one of those people, and it sounds like you are too. Where I'm just happy, I'm just happy to be here. But I'm also just happy, like to to give you the things that I've learned, the things that I've written and discovered along the way. And I just want to give those away to people because I I I I just I, that's how I want to spread hope, right? Like I I don't want to be like you know you have to pay twenty nine ninety nine to get all access to what I know. Like, I don't, I don't think that's it. But like, at the same time, I, 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 I want to give the things that I know can be helpful away. Um, I'm a very, I'm a terrible businessman, absolutely garbage at it. Uh, and I've had a lot of people be like, Hey man, you're doing this wrong. And I'm like, well, I need, I need some help there. But you know, like I, I'm just that the, the, who I am is somebody who wants to give away the things that I've learned, the things that I've written for free. But also like, so if we you should be able to speak about that from like the, the human side, but if you think about it from like the content creator side or the business side, like, yeah, that does draw engagement. And so write the thing, give this stuff away for free. Like the build your email list, do all those things, like give away free eBooks, do all that kind of stuff, do what you can to kind of uh, invite your audience to to know the things that you are doing and why you're doing those things and invite them into the mission um, that you have. So yeah, there's, there's, it's a huge conversation. A lot of it is like, put the pedal to the metal. And the other part of it is like, Hey, take your hands off the wheel. Well, it's so many yeah. like people, uh, you know, I think I, I saw, I heard a thing that like 72% of high schoolers want to be entrepreneurs, uh, which I think is cool. Like it shows the creative value of that. And a lot of them want to be doing like what you're doing, uh, what mm-hmm. part of what we're doing, which is creating content and putting in places. And, and so, you know, we've shared already some, some tips of like, yeah, it, or to, to write, mm-hmm. at least it's write, read, write, read it's disciplines. It's yeah. doing it every day. And, and I, I tell people, I get asked that a lot. Like, how do, how do I do what, what you do? And it's like, well, there's, there is the discipline, there's the gritting it out, which is not easy. Um, and so that's mm-hmm. difficult, but also like, how do we write a book that people buy? It's like, yeah, you can write a book, but also, uh, there's a ton of other stuff that goes into, selling that book and getting that into people's lives. It's, uh, it's so much free stuff and resources and, and, and this, this, this emails. And so it's not just write it and boom, it's yeah, there's a lot to go with it. You've so. got to hide your plagiarism. So it's not easy to spot too. There's things that <laughs> you just got to put it out in as many places. It's difficult. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. difficult, but it's, yeah. it's also, it's like, it's a go, go, go thing. And, and I would say to the people who are like, I want to be an entrepreneur one day, good. I think that you should also go get a job. Like I cannot, <laughs> like I, I worked, I worked full-time yeah. jobs for the first eight years before I could do this full-time. And so I would, I would, I was working at churches and at camps and Chick-fil-A, not to brag, but like I did all these different things so that I could fund my dream. Is that right? when you, knew so you made could, it when you were at Chick-fil-A? That's when you figured uh, well, that, that's that's when I knew my spot in heaven was secured uh, for sure. So, <laughs> the Lord's chicken, yes, of course. Yeah, really doing the Lord's work. Oh, that's a <laughs> that's a that's a story for a different time. But yeah, sure. uh, I mean, that's the thing is like for entrepreneurs, like yeah, like go for it. Like if you have entrepreneurs in your church, encourage them, walk with them, work with them. Uh, but also, like it's good to do a job that you really don't want to do. Because that's going to teach you something. That's going to give you stories to write about. It's going to build character. It's going to change yeah. the way that you, you pray, the way that you yeah. think. It, it. I mean, it really is. Like, 
Um, so yeah, that's that's a little bit of my advice, but also God bless you if you want to go into entrepreneurship <laughs> because oh yeah, it is just it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's that they see the highlight reels and think oh that's easy, but man, it's a lot of behind the scenes and it's it's fun, it's good. But I, I love your advice mm -hmm. too. It's similar with me. Yeah, I was I, I, th this all came about as I, you know, was serving the Lord and, yeah. and my ministry as lead pastor, and it's like God, you're doing something here, so I got to figure out you know what what this all means. So Tanner, I want to dive into a few of your works and um, and ask you some questions and even have you hopefully can you perform for us some of these um oh yeah do you I, dance love, yeah there you go but i, I so yeah, i've got three that i want to go through so i'm going to give you the three and then we'll slow down and, and do each one okay. but i want to hear a, a work that you love or sorry that, that you didn't love but that others man really did uh and then i want to hear a work that you did love but like just didn't land for some reason and then finally yeah. what's the, your favorite work that you've done and and why that would be so let's go back to the first one uh, a work that you did not really love you eh, okay but man when you read it or performed it it just really resonated with people so when i first got started uh back in 2013 i started off as like i was like blogging and then I was also doing spoken word poetry and the poems that I wrote back then. And I don't perform hardly any of them now. They were terrible. I mean, they were not like they were not good. Um, even while I was writing them, I was like, man, this isn't good. But you have to write something bad to eventually write something good. Like if you're willing to be bad at something, you might just become good at it. And so I wrote about 10, 12 poems, recorded them. They were on the internet at one point and then they got, I think they got taken down because they were so bad, uh, but they were just like, it just, they weren't good. But at almost at every single event that I've had, I've had somebody say, Hey, can you read? Um, I have a, I have a poem called uh, regurgitated words. And it was all about someone who struggled with like an eating disorder. And it really connected with people. I had a poem called uh, that was about like my, my grandma, my grandfather, and it was super depressing. And people were like, I would love to hear that one. <laughs> and there's one, there's another one called um, tomorrow. And it, it was a little bit more hopeful. Like I was starting to hit like my stride as a writer and, and people are just like, I would love to hear that one. And I have to say to them, Oh shoot, you know what? I don't have that one. I don't have that one with me. Like, I just can't read it. Uh, mostly because I don't think they're good. Uh, and so, I, and I'm not, I won't, like, I just, I, I've kind of erased them from my mind, but like, that was at the very beginning. And so like, I was writing stuff and putting it out there because like, it was also one of the things where I thought, well, maybe this would be helpful for somebody. Like, I don't think it's good, but maybe somebody else will like it. And, mm. and, and they did. And that kind of also taught me, you know, like at some point, if it's, even if it's not right for you, it might be right for somebody else. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm sure so, you guys can think of like, you know, some of your worst sermons oh. that people afterwards were like, pastor, my goodness. And you're just like, are you OK? You know, I think I've it wasn't said very good. Times, let's pull that one off iTunes. You know, like that's no. <laughs> yeah. let's, oh, let's... the audio is bad, right? We can't upload yeah. that. Oh, oh yeah. There's a, a, something with the mic or whatever. So yeah, what about a yeah. work that you did love, but others maybe not didn't connect with it like you thought they would? Um, I'm trying to think. So I have, I have one book, uh, I, I have went my book walk a little slower with me. And so I'm trying to think of a few, you know, there's, there's, there's one, I just turned to it. It's uh it meant a lot to me. It's a poem called camphor tree. And I, so I grew up in, in Oviedo, Florida. Yeah. I camphor have a camphor tree. tree in my big oh. front yard. I love it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had we had two in our backyard growing up in Florida, and I would spend hours. We spent hours outside. You know, growing up in the '90s in Florida, like it was like the coming of age Disney yeah. movie, like The Sandlot. Like we were always outside, and so I spent most evenings like either swimming in the pool and then climbing up into the tree and then climbing down and then back in the pool. You know, back and forth. But I spent a lot of time just sitting up in the camphor tree, and uh, and then eventually my mom would say, "Hey, come on down." And so that's mm. what the whole poem is around is about. And, and I and I wrote it and I got excited about it. And I and I shared it a couple of times and and everyone was like, that's cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's so funny that you bring that up because if you're a Florida kid, like uh, we, mm-hmm. every year my two kids go out first day of school and we take a picture in front of the camphor tree. It's got that smell that everybody can relate to. It's got, yep. you know, it's perfect for climbing. But if you're from Iowa or Nebraska, you're like, oh. Okay. What's a can- yeah. What's, what's a, can- a camphor tree? Yeah. Well, yeah. So I, I was going to name this book. No, it is. Huh. Yeah, I was going to name this book from from underneath the camphor tree, and <laughs> I, I was excited about it. I told yeah. my I told my wife. I told uh, my my friend James Seleska, who was editing it. I told like five other people, and they were all like, "Okay, what else?" And I was like, "Oh, it's that bad." They're like, yeah. well, "They're like, it's no." They're like, "No, no, no, it's not. It's not bad." I just, I'm wondering if there's anything else you would like to title it. And so I was like, I, "What about I walk a little James slower?" That sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, he he yeah. does that a lot with me too. <laughs> Which is so, he, he's he's the best person to work with. I work. I'm still working with him on every project. But yeah. like, I was like, man, I I like to be right, and when I'm not right, it's just kind of hard. Yeah. I so, like that you're honest, but I don't like you right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. so. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, as yeah. a Florida guy, can you read Camphor Tree for us? Yeah, yeah, let me read it. It goes like this Out the back door of our childhood home grew a growing camphor tree, and the sunshine crawled through the cracks in the bright green leaves, space created by the southern breeze. Below its wide canopy fell little black berries, but we were told to keep them out of our mouths like naughty words and dessert before dinner. And to my young eyes, the branches swayed like the fingers of giants pointing east and west. And I did my best to climb their arms with my little limbs, climbing myself higher and higher before I was told to, to come on down. And no, no matter how many times I close these eyes, I can't get back to the way it used to be when I was eight and my brother was nine. And I'm still trying to close my eyes to get back to the way it used to be when I'd walk out the back door and find myself beneath the canopy of the growing camphor tree. And now that I'm back inside, I've come to realize I was never prepared to say goodbye to my childhood or that growing camphor tree. And I'm still trying to bring myself alive to climb high, to hear my mom call me back inside and hear those three words. Come on down. Oh, man. That's so that's, so that's the one that doesn't resonate with Dude, people. That, Dude, that's yeah. great. How does it not oh resonate with people? It brings back childhood memories. Come hey, on. Seleska, you're wrong. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I th- he was right about the title. The, the title was off. But, we'll yeah, give him that. We'll give him that. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. so what about a favorite work that you've done? Uh, I know that's tough. That's like asking a film director, what's your favorite movie? And they're like, well, I like them all. Uh, Titanic was great. Uh, but no, seriously, uh, what do you? Wh- one of your favorites that uh, that you have written? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my, one of my favorites, and it's it's called "Walk a Little Slower," so it is the title of the of the book. Um, and this was this was one that I wrote um, a couple of summers ago, and uh, just kind of reflecting on where 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 life is, uh, where life isn't, and then what do I do with all of it? Uh, and it basically touches on a little couple of things that we've talked about already. Um, and so it goes like this: I think today I'll walk a little slower and breathe a little deeper. I'll leave my phone face down inside and give my eyes a rest to see beauty beyond a screen. I'll grab a light jacket so I can still feel the cold wind. Hold your hand until it gets sweaty and I'll let go, but I'll never let go. 
I walk below and between shadows, cut through the field, cross the street when the car is clear. Today, I want to find myself beneath the limbs of the trees and later on below a few million stars. And maybe we'll see a dog or bump into old friends or both. And I'm not counting steps or miles, but I'm just walking because for now, I can. And I don't know what the future holds if my days left are long or short or, well, you get it. And maybe grief is around the corner or a missed call on my face down phone back inside. Maybe there is good news in my inbox or a miracle waiting in the welcome of the next month. And in the morning, in the morning, I'll sit a little longer and drink a little deeper. I'll watch the light make its way through the dark morning because the light, well, the light always finds a way. And I'll remind myself that life won't always look the way that it does, that change is coming and it might even be here. I'll remember the steps forward and the steps back that led me to where I am. And before I begin to move these feet, once again, I'll slowly breathe in grace and exhale peace, knowing that every piece of me is here to be. And whatever may become, well, well, for now, I'll walk a little slower and breathe a little deeper. Because right now I'm alive and everything is okay. It's not perfect. And that's okay. And that's what I'm learning to tell myself these days. Everything is okay. It's not perfect, and that's okay. Awesome, beautiful dude. That is beautiful, man. I love it. Really good. Thanks. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's a great message too. For so two years, you wrote that two years ago. So this was several months into COVID, right? In the world. Yeah. So I, I know that didn't do well for uh, guys like you and people like us that go around and speak, right? That's get cancellation. You get. Yeah. So I actually, uh, I. I went out, uh, I, I left the, my job at, at a church in t- August of 2019 and I started touring. And mm. so March, 2020, actually March, 2020, I was supposed, actually supposed to be in Nebraska, um, sharing poetry for a whole week. I had about, I was supposed to be there for five days and I had about 14 events lined up. And wow. so I was going to speak, 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 speak. Um, and then the pandemic happened and I was like, I, I, we can't do this. So, uh, and I didn't, didn't go back out on the road until, a year and a half later or so. So yeah, it was, it was hard, but I mean, um, thankfully I have a lot of people who support my work. I have a, you know, a Patreon and, and people jumped on that to help me out. And I did a bunch of live of art, like zoom shows and calls with classes and teachers and, you know, uh, churches and leaders and stuff. And so it was, it, God was very good and kind. Um, and I learned a lot. Um, and, uh, that's probably when I developed a stomach ulcer. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so what's what's next for you then tanner i'm gonna keep doing what i'm doing i think uh, i'm gonna keep writing i'm gonna keep speaking i'm gonna keep traveling uh, i'm gonna keep doing the podcast i'm gonna keep spinning plates and, and trying to rest and, and, and find my way forward but uh, i'm working on a memoir right now and so it's you know it's it's different from the, the poetry that i share but it's more stories from my life uh with some poetry uh interspersed throughout uh each chapter and then i've got a couple other books that i'm working on uh, it's a, it's a long list that I'm working on, but I mean, that's kind of the, you know, what it's like as, as an entrepreneur and as somebody who, you know, this is how you make your living is to keep creating. And so there's a, a lot of things I'm working on and a lot of projects I'm excited about. Cool. Hey man, we ask every guest on the way out. What, if you could challenge our listeners, like to do one thing, this is a podcast to, for the everyday disciple to grow as a disciple. So yeah, if you could challenge uh, everyone out there, all our listeners to do one thing practically this week to grow. Uh, to be a greater disciple, what what would you challenge? Uh, and I think the hardest thing uh, is to rest. Like, just rest. I've not been good at that. 
Uh, I know a lot of people have not been good at that. So what does it look like to just rest and to be still and to get away from screens for a little while um, and then get back to it? You know, so I think that's it. I don't know. What, what would you say? Like, what do you guys say? No, what, what do other yeah. people say? Okay, that's good. He's all the time to say it. So I let others. Uh, but I, I think that man walk a little slower. Rest. That, that, that fits in with the theme. And I know you said a lot of people can can relate and need that. I'm putting my hand up. Yeah, yeah. I need that. Uh, it, it's it's a crazy world we live in and and always connected and and yet feeling disconnected and so yeah really I think that's a super helpful thing is just to rest uh, so let's take that challenge in fact if anybody takes on that challenge this week you do practically something that you heard that and you're like you know what I do need to rest uh, throw it in the comments uh, if you're watching on YouTube uh, let us know what, what you're doing how, how, how it's going uh, what you're finding and and we want to support you on that journey too so uh, that's awesome. Hey, I do Tanner. have I do have one more I do have one yeah, more suggestion yeah, of what they can do. Uh, read poetry. Uh, and I, I know there's a couple of books out there. <laughs> no, you're good, bro. Yeah, read it. Yeah. And we're gonna, by the way, put all the all the links uh, for Tanner in our show notes. Um, and and I'll give you a, a chance in just a moment to share like what links would be good for people, especially as they're looking for not only what poetry to read and, and to interact with your work, but also what does it look like to bring Tanner in for. Uh, a night of poetry, a live event. Uh, and so especially we'll, if you're in Texas. Yeah, especially if you're in Texas. So we'll get Please. to that in a second. But first, Chris Please. has I always get nervous hand in a segment of the show over to Chris. Uh, but he's got a little thing he's he's prepared for. Yes, you. Tanner. So, uh you are a creative, you're a writer. Okay. Um <laughs> Okay, we've like, de- we've this? determined that in the last I don't know 50 minutes or so. Tanner, how do you feel about your improvisational skills? feel okay about them okay good so this is what i'm gonna do tanner i'm gonna give you a scenario i'm gonna give you an emotion i'm going to give you an environment and i'm gonna give you a line that has to be said in the poem and i'll give you a few seconds we'll talk about it talk amongst yourselves but here's the scenario okay (laughs) no yeah no that's what a good writer i got a lot of things this is a lot of things all right Here's the scenario, a cab driver and a customer. That's the scenario, cab driver and a customer. The emotion or characteristic that has to be portrayed is generous. Got it somewhere. It's got to be generous. They are headed to the beach at midday, Mm. at midday. And the line that you have to include in your piece is that's easy for you to say. Now we'll give you like we'll give him a minute yeah, or two. Yeah, give you a minute or two. Why don't we talk about some of the uh, things here for uh, yes. Tanner? So I know Tanner has a website, yes. written to speak.com. Written to speak.com. And if you go there, you're going to be able to interact with his works. You're going to be able to find his books. You're going to be able to find out his live events that are already on the schedule, how to book him at your place. Mm-hmm. He also does coaching. That's what I love too, is he, he coaches uh, creatives. Mm-hmm. And so whether uh, you're new into this or just looking for a little help, uh, to grow your Instagram or social media following, or even whether you just want, you know, a little for help getting a writing project for an extra $2,000. He will actually do the improv game with you too. So that's, that's, you know. Are you ready already? No, I will not be ready ever, but I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, oh, this is amazing. Anytime, so anytime that someone says, Hey, can you do an improv? My first thought is like, it's not going to be serious or it's going right. to be so serious that it's not good at all. Um, so a cab driver and a customer. Yeah. Generous. Yeah. Beach at midday. Yeah. And that's easy the- for you to say. 
Yeah, okay. that's it. All right. All right. Let's get into Ladies characters. Ladies and gentlemen, Tanner Olson. I'm impressed. Yeah. yeah. I don't even us... know what's coming, but I'm already impressed. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm going there. Where? There. Where? Over there. To the beach. But it's midday, you say? I say it's the beach at midday. <laughs> well, that's easy for you to say. Well, I just said it. I needed to say it. I need to go to the beach at midday. Let my hair out so I can play all day at the beach at midday. This is the worst thing I've ever written. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Dude, are good. you kidding me? That was you're, that was amazing. I was uh, I was ready to go to the beach. I, I was, I'm trying to do two characters at one time. Oh, I couldn't you. do it. I, Maybe I should have just yeah. given you cab driver, generous thoughts on himself. But that's you hey, threw you in. That's hey. easy to say. Yeah. What? That's yeah. Well, it's, that's easy for you to say. So, uh, but yeah, I, I appreciate the, the opportunity. I'll uh, I'll work on it. Yeah. Um, actually, so, so I, one of the things that one of the things that Blake and I do during the live shows is we'll like we'll take you know we'll ask hey we want to like he'll write a song and then I'll do like an interlude poem during that and so we take all these suggestions from the audience and it's always a lot of fun and it's always a train wreck at least for me like I just feel like it's <laughs> like I'm just rhyming like say hey you know like all these simple things and yeah. that's awesome but it's it's fun yeah. Tanner, thank you it. so much, man. That's yeah, good, bro. It was, it was nice to hang out with you guys. Uh, let's do a live event together sometime. It'll be a lot of fun. Love it. I'd love to. So, hey, I gave the website writtentospeak.com. Any other places uh, you want to point people to? If you go to writtentospeak.com, you will find everything that you need to know and probably more. So, yeah, don't be afraid to send me a message. I, I usually try to respond to all of them. So, awesome, but, not, but not during 7 to 11 a.m. Don't expect That's that. what I'm writing. If you, yeah. get, if you get a message from me in the morning, that means that I'm not writing it's not a writing it's not, going, it's not going well it's not going well back to tanner get back to work <laughs> yeah tanner you're a blessing man hey walk a little slower all right yeah, buddy come on tanner i'm i'm doing it i'm doing right. it all right bro blessings it's man. easy for you to say that's a callback right there Tanner is an amazing guy and someone, if you're like on the fence, should I, I bring him in for a great night of uh, storytelling, poetry, and, and music? I, he's awesome. He, it's going to be a great experience. And so I hope you give him some love at writtentospeak.com. If you're looking for more about Tanner and his links, check out the show notes. Uh, it's got the highlights from today's episode. It's also, by the way, going to be where you can grab that free ebook called Growing Your Church Challenge. 10 ideas to help you grow your church that cost little to nothing. Because I know you, Pastor, because you're like me. You want to grow your church and you don't want to spend much money doing it. And so I got 10 really practical ideas. Uh, almost all, all of these ideas actually are ideas that I implemented when I was leading a church. Some of them were like really well thought out and some of them were like the total grace of God that I never intended. But I put kind of my playbook for how we grew our church to become the fastest uh, for many years growing church in our denomination. So I hope it's helpful for you. You can find all of that information at redletterpodcast.com. All right, next week, you're not going to want to miss it. We're having my friend Chris Burns to the show. Chris is a recovering addict that now is leading a recovery ministry. So let that sink in for a bit, because I think that's what God loves to do. He loves to take the broken pieces, parts of our stories of our past, but then bring freedom to us so we can help others in the future. And Chris Burns is one of the greatest examples that I've personally met of that. He's a licensed social worker. He's also a sex addiction therapist. And so we have a truly 
helpful conversation about sex. It's the thing that not many people are talking about, but we're talking about it next week. So we're going to look at like what is sexual brokenness versus what is sexual addiction and how do you know where you're at? How do you know if you need to get help? And most importantly, how can you hear hope in the middle of whatever it is that you're going through? Chris is a great friend that has a really helpful message that all of us need to hear. You need to hear it. And so don't miss it. The way you don't miss it, follow or subscribe on your favorite streaming platform. And we'll see you back next week for a really helpful conversation. Chris Burns. God bless you. A Huda Media Production.